Hi, Sophie. Hi, Sin. Hi, everyone. And welcome to the Snack Covenant, episode 251. Today, we're doing our third Elden Ring trailer analysis. Specifically, we're talking about the second official Elden Ring analysis. Hello and welcome to part one of Sophie and Finn's Elden Ring trailer analysis. Because this was recorded so soon after the trailer came out, during the edit, the two of them realized there were a lot of things they either forgot to bring up or hadn't noticed. Consequently, even by their standards, there's going to be a lot of notes, cutaways, and awkward edits. We all hope you enjoy this discussion. The trailer starts off with somebody who seems to have fallen in battle or something, right? Well, they cross the Sea of Fog all the way to the Riftland. And there's Shanelot. And I think here it's interesting because it looks like she's gonna take the ring off. You see that movement? Yeah. Maybe she puts it on you to, like, help you or resurrect you. That would make a lot of sense, yeah. And she seems to be, like, encouraging the Chosen One or Undead or whatever we are here. Yet, it's just the Firekeeper waifu again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm sure she's a very well thought out character, I apologize. <laughs> I think she's actually wearing footwear. Pre-order cancelled. <laughs> there was this big discussion about what the hell is the Elden Ring? There were questions like, is it a literal ring? Because there's the, like the blacksmith character smashing something on a on like a dais that seems to be shattering, and like if it is supposed to be this like Norse influenced thing, it would make sense for it to be a ring because it's like the ring of the Nibelungen. Miyazaki sort of clarified in an interview that no, the Elden Ring is like a metaphysical thing that's holding the world together. Uh-huh. But um, now we have an official press release that says. In the lands between ruled by Queen Marika the Eternal, the Elden Ring, the source of the Erd Tree, has been shattered. And then it says that Marika's offspring claimed the shards of the Elden Ring known as the Great Roots. So the Elden Ring looks to be that symbol that we're seeing, the one that the game is using as a logo. Like, that seems to be the Elden Ring. <laughs> and um, I noticed that, like, the one we get on the, on the like, official title screen kind of box arty image mm -hmm. there's a more complex one you see in the background of one of the trailer shots like very briefly it shows it overlaid onto what looks like a tree mm -hmm. and that sort of makes sense it's like okay there's the elden ring and it's like holding the the world tree thing together mm -hmm. if you look at the design of the elden ring it's six circles that are overlapping in a pattern so I'm wondering if, like, there's going to be six different offspring who all took, like, a different kind of part of it, because that would sort of make sense for, like, an open world thing. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, because I also thought the symbol you're talking about is a tree, but we thought it for different reasons. Yeah. Because I thought the thing that we see represent roots, but actually you turn it upside down. And it looked like a tree. Well, it could be both. That's the thing. 
Because it could be the roots, it could be the branch. Also, like sh- Shadow Tower does that, where it's a, it's like an inverted tree. Oh, okay. Yeah. But also, we don't really see the top part. You know what I mean? Like what's on the yeah, other side yeah, of the. Yeah. And also, like it, it sort of goes without saying that, like the, the press release mentions um, the Golden Order. Mm-hmm. And of course, the Elden Ring design is gold. The tree is gold. There's all this like gold energy everywhere. So yeah, like I, I said this like when the first trailer came out two years ago. <laughs> when you see the cinematic of them fighting, and then as the big guy is stabbed, all this gold energy starts leaking out of him, and you can see from the corpses on the ground, the gold energy is coming out of them as well. And I thought, oh, that's just going to be souls. Mm-hmm. Like this version, this game's version of Souls or Blood Echoes is going to be this like golden energy. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be confirmed by them talking about it being a golden order. The other thing that this press release does help with is that it specifies that um, the shards of the Elden Ring are called the Great Runes and it, it capitalizes it as a proper noun, like Great Runes. Mm-hmm. So when this game was first rumored, people said it was called Great Rune. Right. And the fact that Great Rune has now shown up in the official press release, that says to me, okay, those old leaks were genuine. That wasn't someone bullshitting that From were making this game and they happened to get it, like, they happened to get it right. Like, mm-hmm. um, so the other things they said about it being, like, very Norse mythology influenced and it being about, like, the offspring of various gods and everything, that seems to be, like, what it actually is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of gold, the giant tree we see everywhere is pretty golden looking. Yeah, yeah, and I think this does confirm, as far as I can tell, there is just one tree. It's the earth tree. Yeah. Because before we weren't sure if there were a bunch of different trees, because we kept seeing the big, big sort of like oak trees in the background that were clearly mystical and glowing. I think it's fair to say now from what, like there's a screenshot that basically just shows you this. Mm -hmm. The earth tree is in the middle and there's all these little bridges leading away from it. That suggests to me that the Erd tree is the middle of the map, mm-hmm. and everything comes off that. If there are six, then that works out well because you can very easily divide the thing into six, like a pizza, into like six <laughs> six slices essentially. The Elden Pizza has been eaten. <laughs> I wonder who that was, Sin. <laughs> Firstly, I apologize. <laughs> Secondly, oh, very hungry. <laughs> That impression of me is there amazing. There was a pandemic on. I could not go out. <laughs> I understand if you are mad. <laughs> yeah, so um, it looks as if there are possibly six bridges radiating out from the, the earth tree. But they all look to be in various states of disrepair, like broken. <gasps> Sophie! Yeah. Maybe with each quest you complete, or with each prey you slaughter, a bridge comes together. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's probably that, like, it's like the big bridge in Dark Souls 3, where it's like, this is supposed to go somewhere, but for purposes of it being a, like, adventure game, you mostly are underneath the bridge. No! No, no Sophie, the bridge will go somewhere this time. <laughs> No, I mean, like, it clearly does go somewhere. There's clearly a castle at the end, but it's broken. So I suspect what's going to happen is it's like, oh, this used to connect directly to the castle, but you'll have to go down. The bridge would be good for orienting you, actually, because you could be like, okay, the bridge is going that way, so I have to go that way. 
and I have to get to the castle by some circuitous route. Okay, but Sophie. Yes. You know how they showed off a horse in this trailer? Mm-hmm. And, a, and like a looks like a, a Highland cow. Yeah, and yeah. did you see how high it jumped? Yeah. And have you seen the movie Speed? Oh, I can see where this is going. So maybe the horse can just like speed up and jump super far from one bridge to the next? Do you think the difficulty is going to be that if the horse slows down, it explodes? <laughs> That's the contribution of George R. R. Martin to this game. <laughs> <sighs> Thank you, Sophie. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. Generally speaking, one thing that I really liked, one shot of the trailer looked like the scene Majula. Right, yeah. So I'm hoping there's an area that is reminiscent of Majula at some point in the game. But if the game's got a day-night cycle, then like every area could be reminiscent of Majula because it could be sunset anywhere. Am I finally going to get my Majula the game? Do you wish they'd made like a Dark Souls version of Fallout Shelter where you just had a little Majula on your phone and you sent people there? No. Okay. There's only one version of Fallout Shelter, Sophie, and it's Fallout Shelter. My apologies, continue. <laughs> and the way you summon the horse, it's kind of reminiscent of the way you summon the snake in Bloodborne. That's common to, to real horses, though. Oh, yeah? Less, less so to snakes. I know neither snakes nor horses. <laughs> well, you know how, like... Our character starts and they're lying on the ground and then maybe it's the Emerald Herald, maybe it isn't, shows up and she like puts the ring on your finger. Yeah. And you were like, they must be very tired. <laughs> I would draw your attention to a line from the press release, which is, ye dead who yet live. Oh no. <laughs> I think we're fucking undead again. Again? Again. <laughs> I feel like for once, can't we have like a happy character? Yeah, I, I think, like, it's important for From Software to realize that, like, older games had you die and start over without it needing to be, like, factored into the plot. Mm -hmm. Like, Mario is not actually undead. He just collects <laughs> coins, and every hundred of them he gets another shot. They don't need to explain it beyond that. <laughs> I agree with that. I feel like I appreciate that they try to incorporate the gameplay and the mechanics into the lore. Yeah. It doesn't have to happen every single time. And like the Surge, the true Dark Souls 3, <laughs> when you die, you respawn and all of your stuff is still left on the spot you died, like in Dark Souls. Mm -hmm. And they don't need to explain that with the souls around you, but you just, it's just there because it's not real. <laughs> it made sense in Dark Souls because the whole plot is about like being undead. Mm -hmm. They can do other, other stories that aren't about being undead. Yeah. Maybe one day they will. <laughs> Maybe one day they'll make something that's not this because it's been about, been about 10 years since the last, uh, the last Armored Core game. Oh, you know what? I'm going to make a prediction. Yeah. Next game they release will be an Armored Core game. I think it'll be a mecha game. I don't know if it'll be Armored Core. You got the Elden Ring release date wrong by two months. That's pretty impressive. The same thing. I predicted the Dark Souls 
remake within a couple of months as well. Yeah. You're saying that so seriously, like you actually think you're psychic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, and also within a couple of months we're in Predictor and Dark Souls remake. In the joke trailer analysis I made like three years ago of Ariandel, yeah. I predicted which character was Ariandel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark my words, Sophie, I guarantee it, you will get your game. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, actually, this leads into something I wanted to talk about, which is that there is, in one of the images, there's a sort of transparent banner. Did you see that? Bruce banner? Well, possibly. I wasn't paying attention, but like, there's there's like a banner on a pole, but it's transparent. It looks like a ghost. Okay. It's sticking out of the ground. And like, um, I am wondering if that is to do with um, like a territory capture thing. Because it looks like it looks doesn't look like it's supposed to actually exist within the world. Like, hey, here's a magic ghost banner. <laughs> it looks more like it's a marker saying a banner could go here. Because I remember the early leaks that called it Great Room. Mm-hmm. They said something like, "You ally yourself with it's like a covenant system. Like you ally yourself with the kingdom by doing that." Because the reason I said Armored Core made me think of that is that the last Armored Core game they did had a sort of territory capture online mode mm-hmm. where when you created a character in that game, you had to pick a faction you were going to work for. Mm-hmm. And then the way that the online worked basically is that as you won for that faction, like it kept tabs on everyone's online. Right. So as the people from one faction were doing better, that faction like sort of, even if you weren't playing online, it would say this faction's doing well because they're basically capturing more. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if it's something like that. I thought for a bit they might be like the bonfire equivalents, like the banners. The thing is, it's huge. It's like the size of a tower, this banner. Okay. And also, I'm pretty sure the bonfire equivalents are these little obelisks that you sometimes see. There's a couple of shots where you see like these little stone markers that are about twice the height of a person. And one of them is glowing. And it made me think, I wonder if that is the checkpoint. Oh. Because that would sort of make sense. But like the size of this lad that is a banner i'm just wondering if like if there's some system maybe it's a covenant maybe it's online i don't know where you've got to plant banners to sort of like stake out say this is mine we have to keep in mind this was in parallel development with the dark souls 3 dlcs while they were being worked on and that's got the lothric war banner in it which is a really weird thing that they added. And I'm like, why did they add this banner? And now I'm starting to think maybe banners are kind of a deal in this. If it's specifically about like there's six kingdoms and they're feuding with each other. Mm-hmm. The idea that like it would place an emphasis on sort of heraldry. Mm-hmm. And like you siding with one of them. I think that sort of makes sense to me. If you think about like Dark Souls 3. There's all these different areas, but outside of Sullivan and Lothric fighting, they're not really interacting with each other much. It's not like there's a war between, like, Farron's Swamp and the Profane Capital or something. Whereas this, like, they specifically say, there's six of these demigods, and they're all fighting each other. So it sounds like it's a bit more sort of active. Mm-hmm. And... Like you said, in the trailer, we see a day and night system. Yeah. Which is something they tried to implement in Dark Souls 3 in some form. Um, well, the, the difference here is this is this looks like it's a real-time system, like it's actually progressing from day to night. The thing about Dark Souls 3 and Bloodborne had a 
a day to night system, but it was just like as you progressed through the game, the time of day changed. Dark Souls 3 looks like it did actually have the ability to make it either dark or light as you were playing it. But I don't that's not necessarily the same as like a day night cycle. Well, this makes me think that they might take things from previous games that didn't necessarily work out. Yeah, horses. <laughs> yeah, horses. And implement them well into Elden Ring. Yeah, yeah. You were talking about checkpoints earlier, and at some point in the trailer we see our character resting at a bonfire at night. Yeah. And I thought that was a really pretty shot. Yeah. And I thought that was going to be some sort of a checkpoint or maybe travel or maybe the usual bonfire thing. Yeah, I don't know, but I, I did notice there's these little like obelisk things that seem to show up more than once. Mm -hmm. Like you could make a bonfire by them. Oh. Because if it's going from day to night, then like you wouldn't necessarily always need a fire going because it wouldn't always be like. Mm -hmm. And making bonfires is something that was supposed to be in Dark Souls 3 at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe we can make bonfires here. Yeah. Bonfires might actually be a way of progressing the time of day. Hmm. When you think about it, like maybe you could like rest at a bonfire for this amount of hours. Like in Fallout, you can sleep in the bed yeah. for this amount of hours, but you can't sleep if there are enemies nearby. No. Mm -mm. Wouldn't it be funny if they actually did show off Fallout 5? But I didn't know because I didn't watch this Holy 3 Summer Game Fast thing. Yeah. No, it would not be very funny. I'd be very upset. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Sophie. Thank you, Sam. So let me ask you, what did you think of the lady with the arm? The bionic Valkyrie. <laughs> yes. Um, she basically looked like she did in the 2019 trailer. I didn't realize that she was that tall. It's from. All the bosses are like twice as tall as you. <laughs> Do you think she'll have the same effect on the internet as the eight-foot vampire lady did? Well, on the basis of like what I've seen, she kind of already has. Neat. Yeah. No, she looks super cool. You see her face in this? Mm-hmm. You don't see it in the 2019 trailer because she's got the visor on. Yeah. And you can see that like her face is also like kind of coming apart with yeah. all the like, cracks and pits in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I guess the interesting thing is it confirms that like the stuff that happens in that cinematic, those characters seem to still be around like as a boss kind of deal. The way she puts on her arm, for some reason it makes me think like she's just going about her business, she lives a peaceful life, just chilling with her plants and her trees, and then you show up. And she's like, okay, well, I'm going to put on this arm and kick your ass because you're disturbing me right now. Is this because you're thinking of the Winter Soldier? Have you seen WandaVision? No. It's so good. I cried so much in the end. It's amazing. Good. Yeah. Speaking of which, I was very excited to see the Tesseract in the trailer. Oh, ho, ho. So you know how Bloodborne has a Lovecraftian twist? Uh -oh. Do you think the presence of the Tesseract shows that this will have a sci-fi twist? This is weird, but we don't usually associate, like, cubes with fantasy. Mm -hmm. A cube is something that's very, like, sci-fi. Yeah. Especially a glowing cube. <laughs> 
And they did have superhero landings in the trailer. I remember at least one. And you can ride a goat like Thor. Hi, Sophie here. A tesseract is a four-dimensional object that is to a cube what a cube is to a square. Marvel Comics understood this distinction when they named one of their cube-shaped plot devices the Cosmic Cube. But this name was deemed too silly for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, who believed it would detract from the dignity of Thanos, and instead decided to call it the Tesseract. It has a thing inside. Back to the podcast. You know that scene where we see the tree that's glowing with the circles that you referenced earlier? Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the void from Dishonored because everything is like in the stasis and it's flowing or whatever. I have a lot to say about that room, but we'll talk about it later. Oh, okay. Mm, Okay. So there's an elephant in the room and the elephant is made of severed arms. OMG, elaborate. The first thing we ever saw in Elden Ring was a guy holding up an arm and then a whole lot of arms appeared behind him and they seemed to be stuck to his body and we were like, ooh, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Then we noticed like the Valkyrie lady had a metal arm. We were like, what's going on with the arms in this? And then this trailer <laughs> dropped and it is fucking Uncle Miyazaki's arm stand. He's just out the front like, <laughs> hey kids who want some arms? You like arms? Come over here. <laughs> It's just like there's arms stuck to other arms, there's arms made out of arms, there's arms hanging from the ceiling, there's like at least five different characters I saw that are made out of arms. There are giant hands coming towards you, grabbing you. They might have an arm on the end, we don't know. (laughs) The thing I noticed specifically is that there's a, a character shown off at the very end of the trailer. This is the point at which I'm like, oh, is it necessarily just arms? Because um, in this way that I was like, it'd be really cool if like Elden Ring was um, was like armored core, but you could build your own body out of body parts. Mm-hmm. The guy at the end of the trailer has stuck a dragon's head on his arm and uses it as a flamethrower. Are you sure it's a guy? I thought it was a waifu. Well, we're not sure because it's basically just a pile of arms. Um, And then, like, there's that character that you see earlier that seems to have a scorpion tail. Mm -hmm. So I am wondering if it is actually specifically, like, arms. Or it's just, like, a way to make yourself stronger through some sort of necromancy. Because you'll notice, like, I think it's, like, a really buff version of Prince Lothric, basically. (laughs) Who has... The, the dragon head, like, flamethrower arm. The other arm is a whole lot of little arms that are all holding axes. Yeah. So I'm like, is it actually, like, that arms are important on some, like, symbolic level? Like, oh, arms. We need arms. There's some use for arms. Arms are really important. <laughs> or is it just like, well, an arm is like a thing you hit stuff with and you can hold weapons with it. So more arms better at fighting? <laughs> It's like, oh, I can octuple wield weapons now. Because, like, we, we've now seen, like, there's a, there's at least, like, a guy with a dragon head and a guy with a scorpion tail. Mm-hmm. So it just seems like it's, like, open season on body parts in general. 
<laughs> and there's also like the snake guy who we saw concept out of where it's like, okay, the guy stuck his head to a snake. So it almost seems like we're just like borrowing the powers of different things by grafting them to our body. Mm-hmm. And it's possible like Xenolalia was talking to me about it and like, I don't know really because like it's it's like not a particularly like clear shot but she was saying like when that um scorpion tail guy is fighting and he's conjuring up weapons with an arm that arm actually seems to be different to his other arms so it's like did he graft on the arm of like a wizard and like got residual power out of that arm like it's just this whole thing about like is the arm thing symbolic Within the world, is there a reason why it's arms, or is it literally just that arms are the things that you use to hurt people? So if you have, like, 16 arms, you can hold 16 weapons. If you had 16 legs, it would just be awkward. (laughs) If you had 16 legs, you'd be a super gumbaroo. Hi, Sophie here. Did you know that the Elden Ring press release explicitly mentions that you'll encounter fearsome creatures? If you can't wait until January 21st, 2022 to encounter a fearsome creature, why not listen to Sin and I's podcast on Fearsome Critters? Yes, where Elden Ring asks the question, what if Prince Lothric was really buff and made of arms? We ask... What if former Soviet leader Leonid Brezhnev was a bear made of rubber? Link in the description. Back to the podcast. Also, I think the buff Prince Lothric guy has legs that are made of arms. His whole torso seems to be all of these arms knotted together. It looks... His head is tiny. (laughs) This tiny little head on this vast torso made out of arms with a dragon's head stuck to it. It's like everyone is the rotten. <laughs> and also there was the um the giant. You see, it looks like a one-armed version of Yorm. The old hero giant? Yeah, but they've got one arm as well. And I'm like, because it always seems to be like the right arm that's missing, like the right arm of the Valkyrie lady's missing. But then there's this second thing going on which is like the valkyrie lady who is i guess our like test case for all of this her body is cracking up mm-hmm. like it's like all turning to stone and then like you ha- also have the the blacksmith character who's also like fracturing and turning to stone so is it that like beasthood creeping up the right leg mm-hmm. is it that the cracks first happen in your arm and your arm falls off first because if that's true, then that might also explain why everyone is passing around arms. Because it's like, well, this is a healthy arm. That's why it's offering it to you. Like, this is the arm of someone who's not afflicted by this shattering thing. That reminds me. In Bloodborne, you know the Yarnum look? There's a symmetry. One arm is longer than the other. Yeah. And also, you know the blood drunk eye? Yeah. So what you're saying, it makes me think... Of a mix of both those things together. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of eyes, did you notice the eye that I think might be a cyclops? Yes, I was thinking the same thing, because it's like this perfectly symmetrical eye. Yeah, the other thing about it is it had a lot of, like, hair around it, if you look at it. Does it have any eyelashes? 
doesn't look like it. It could be a cyclops, because if you look at it, there's what looks like the bridge of a nose underneath it. And then I was wondering, like, do we even know if this is a face? Like, this could just be on someone. And then I was like, it almost looks like someone's mouth with an eyeball inside it. But I don't think it is. It's also possible it's not a cyclops. It's someone with um, three eyes. Like, there's one in the middle of the head, like, above the, the nose bridge. Mm-hmm. It's also possible that it's some sort of a Brutus-like creature. Yes. Because a Brutus has many eyes. Yeah, yeah. Well, this has many pupils. Yeah, what's up with that? It's like a whole lot of little dark signs. <laughs> um, so, like, this might come up when we talk about Celtic mythology, which we inevitably will. Mm-hmm. But there is a Celtic creature called Baylor who's a giant with one eye that kills you if he looks at you. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if, like, is that what this is? is? Are they doing, like, a Baylor sort of thing where it's, like, there's, like, s- someone's power is that they have, like, a magic eye that kills you, but it's mostly closed? Because we have a lot of, like, there's a lot of... People said it was Norse, and I guess it is, but there's so many, like, Celtic-looking designs, like these sort of knots and swirls and things. So I'm wondering if, like, are they going straight up for, like, some sort of Cyclops thing? Because mm-hmm. the only other Cyclops I can think of in the series, other than Volta, is the Hippo Trolls from Dark Souls 2. Right, yeah. One thing that I really liked in the trailer the first time I saw it, because I wasn't even sure what is that. You know when there's this giant head? I love that. It just goes straight at you. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's what? got um it's it's got wheels on the back. Yeah. Yeah. There's also um there's characters who dress in giant bearded man headdresses. Mm-hmm. It doesn't quite look the same, but I'm wondering if like if they're masks of the same person. Interesting. Cause that sort of would like work aesthetically if like you've got the guys who wear the big bearded man masks are defended by a giant bearded man <laughs> war machine. Uh-huh. And there's also that um, on the ground, you see, it looks like a, a cross between like a bearded man and a squid as a design. Yes! Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like, we don't know if the fact that there's three weird effigies of bearded man <laughs> means that they're all the same bearded man or there's just... <laughs> It's just very common in this world. Yeah, that's true. Because I remember, like, one of the rumors that cropped up around Great Rune is that, like, we talked about this with Mordecai, but, like, Game of Thrones, one of the things they do in that is that, like, characters will have, like, unique physical traits that mark them out as belonging to, like, a bloodline. Mm -hmm. So the, the obvious one, like, in the TV show, like, I'm talking to someone who hasn't read them, um, but I, I, I haven't even watched the show, but I know who this is. Like, Daenerys. With the very long, like, platinum white hair that looks completely like it's not a hair colour you would see on, like... It's not a natural hair colour, basically. I know that, like, that marks her out specifically as, like, belonging to a certain bloodline. And this seems to have a big emphasis on bloodlines from what I've read. And like another, an example I was told about was um, like long, thick red hair. 
which the Valkyrie lady has and the um, the giant man has. They're very long, this big shock of thick red hair. So I'm wondering if, like, as stupid as it sounds, if, like, that sort of, like, forked beard thing is one of those traits. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a character, like, and all of their descendants are marked by having these very thick beards. Because that would sort of... That would be a thing. That would be neat. Yeah. The first time I saw this, I thought it was a fire-breathing Cthulhu running towards you or something. Yeah. So I hope that we get something that is an epic version of this. Like a boss that's an epic version of this chariot or whatever this is. It's just Tower of Latria with flamethrowers. <laughs> Do you want to know something? What? In my notes, I have Rolling Head slash Tower of Latria Arrow Thrower. Aww. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Twinsies. <laughs> and it kind of makes me think of the Dark Souls 2 chariot a little bit. Not exactly, yeah. but just because it is something that just rolls around and messes with you. Yeah, that's the definition of a chariot. <laughs> rolls around and messes with you? Yeah. <laughs> and like later on there's um there's a character that we see who is who has wings, but the wings are surrounded by the golden energy that seems to be associated with these like gods and everything. So I'm wondering again if like is it that the children of that specific deity is having wings their thing, and that's why it's gold. Mm-hmm. Like, is is the gold stuff going to be like that's what makes that particular kind of faction or kingdom unique? Is whatever they have that's got the gold aura around it. Mm-hmm. Because like the wings don't actually look natural. It looks like it's creating the wings to fly backwards. Yeah. Which again, like that's. You can see that working as like, oh, you can just get this power because it's not overpowering you. It's not actually letting your character fly. It's giving you like, I guess it'd be like the old hunter's bone or something, like something that lets you like just move faster. And we had an angel storyline in Dark Souls 3. Yeah. They grew wings that were not normal. Like they weren't born with wings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I hope if they do have some sort of angel storyline that it's a bit more developed than what we got in Dark well, it, Souls 3. How could it be less developed? <laughs> oh, shit! Was it just, that was just like, uh, someone saw an angel and, ah, uh, you wouldn't be interested. <laughs> I know what you care about. You care about Slave Knight Gale. Buckle up, it's about paint now. Thank you, Sophie. Thank you, Sin. That's quite all right. So there's a couple of things that seem to have come over via Sekiro. Mm -hmm. The first one is that you seem to have a jump button. Mm -hmm. Obviously, like, the games all had the ability to jump, but it was not a dedicated jump button. It was double tapping. It's the weirdest jump in the world. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, all it meant was that you were just, like, clearing gaps with it. It wasn't, like, a jump, like... But when it gets to Sekiro, mm-hmm. Sekiro, you are just scaling walls by jumping up them. You're jumping over. You, you can jump on people in Sekiro. It was pretty revolutionary because in the Atha Souls games, you can't even like walk a slightly too high a step. 
that actually, I was playing Dark Souls 2 last night, and there is like a wall that is up to my knee, and there's treasure on the other side, and the character just will not go through it. <laughs> but she will drop from the room above and hurt herself in order to get there. That's hollowing. So, um, in this trailer, there's a lot of shots of the character jumping. So are you saying that during combat, we can jump around? Jump around, jump around, get out your seat and jump around, jump around. Jump up and up and get down, jump, 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 jump. Different, different jump, different jump songs. I've never heard your jump song. Have we both heard Jump by, by Van Halen? Might as well jump, jump! Go ahead and jump! No. We've just got three copyright strikes. <laughs> the other thing is stealth. They're doing like the stealth animation from Sekiro, they're sort of like crouch walking very slowly, and that's followed by a backstab. So it seems like those. I, I don't think the actual like L1 rhythm parry things back, but. It looks like those two things have come across and they sort of... And also both those things make way more sense if it's open world. The ability to like sneak around and the ability to like traverse vertical spaces. Yeah. Right, yeah. Speaking of vertical spaces, we see a really long ladder in the trailer. We do. Does it mean that your favorite character is making a comeback? Yes, it does. This place is flipping mental. <laughs> you idiot! <laughs> you idiot. You know, Lattismith Gilligan has more dialogue than any other character in Dark Souls 2, and no one cares about him. Hi, Sophie here. Sin and I were just talking about my favourite Dark Souls 2 character, Lattismith Gilligan. Gilligan is a deep, complex, and mysterious character who I'm worried I just can't do justice to. But it's okay, because I brought a friend. The light and the dark. The dark and the light. It is this contradiction that drives man. But what of up and down? Lattismith Gilligan left his homeland of wherever Lenigrast also comes from, to seek answers in the Forsaken Kingdom of Dranglake. His search for knowledge takes him to Earthen Peak, a tower with a lift that goes so far up, it appears to deposit you lower down than where you left. But the lift will not give up its secrets, and Gilligan, his soul racked with torment, goes to Majula to sit near a big hole. His mind fractured by existential despair, Gilligan can now only build ladders that go down. In exchange for souls, Gilligan will allow the bearer of the curse to safely traverse a pit they could also safely traverse in a number of other ways not involving a ladder, but will not build a ladder over the waist-high heap of rubble that cuts off literally half the game. Overcome with despair, Gilligan travels to the profaned capital that is somehow beneath Irithyll. There, he finally dies, but not before finally constructing a ladder that goes up to a bonfire. His final parting gift to the Ashen One. <laughs> oh my god, that was so sad. <laughs> Back to the podcast.
Oh, do you want to talk about how, like, characters' weapons sort of appearing out of thin air seems to be a thing? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's all I have to say. It seems to be a thing. <laughs> when the scorpion tail dude is doing it, it's the gold energy again. So I'm wondering if, like, it's, it's that? Like, you have some sort of, like, divine power that lets you summon weapons? I thought that looked really cool, though, in the trailer, when the scorpion weapon disappears, and then you see the blue weapon appear. Kind of like a lightsaber. Yeah, which they did in um, Ring City. In what? Ring City has a lightsaber in it. Oh, really? I don't remember. It's a dagger that's just a hilt, and then you turn it on, and this, like, laser blade comes out. Oh my god, did Ring City just get good? No. <laughs> Thank you, Sophie. Thank you, Sam. Another thing that reminded me of Dark Soul slash Sekiro is this giant centipede or something you meet around the corner. Oh, that's that's another arm person, isn't it? Just a bunch of people stuck together into an arm. Man. Yeah, bunch of kids wearing a trench coat. <laughs> Another interesting thing in the trailer is the glowing elk. Yes. It did remind me a little bit of the forest god from Princess Mononoke. Mm-hmm. And also just like in general, like elks and stags make me think of Celtic stuff. Right. Yeah, so, um, I mean, everyone's been saying it's Norse mythology influenced, but what I've seen does look very Celtic mm-hmm. rather than Nordic. Yeah. I really hope that one day From makes a game that I could do deep commentary on. A Slavic one. No. <laughs> one inspired by 80s and 90s action movies. You'll have to play Broforce. What's that? It's like a um, little like, shoot 'em up game where everyone's based on like a different 80s or 90s action movie character. Oh my god, I'm so going to. That's amazing. Do it. We're a Broforce channel now. Okay. <laughs> Did you know that the character of John Rambro is based on... It's based on Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> so the lady that we meet in the very beginning, and that's narrating part of the trailer, possibly. Yeah. She really does remind me of Shanalot a lot. Shanalot a lot? Shanalot a lot. Said a little lot. <laughs> Is that a new snack comment character? <laughs> Hi, Sophie here. This is another one of those notes that Sin puts in because she can't think of an edit point and needs to distract you as we switch topics abruptly. However, this time I have something to talk about that's actually kind of on topic, and it's flowers. Basically, if you look at where the Tarnished is fighting the very buff Prince Lothric made of arms, it is a graveyard, and the flowers and trees around it are all glowing gold. This made me wonder if the graveyard is full of people who have that golden energy in their bodies, and that's why the foliage growing above it is gold. This is somewhat akin to the Japanese belief that cherry blossoms are red because they're stained with the blood of the people buried beneath the trees. And by Japanese belief, I mean it was in a manga called Tokyo Babylon, and a lot of people ran with it. 
If you're curious, the Tokyo Babylon OVAs are available right now on YouTube, illegally because no one really gives a shit. Back to the podcast. Oh, I think I, I think I found out the third eye thing. What is it? You were mentioning the ladder, right? Go back to the ladder screenshot. Yeah, there's the face on the ground. Yeah, but look at the top of the face. There's like a there's like an indentation there. Oh, at the very top. Yeah, there's like an indentation in the head that might be with the third eye. I think you might be right. Yeah. Amazing discoveries live. Yeah. And if you look lower. It looks like some tentacles are coming out of the. Yeah, well, they might. They might also be roots. If it's this whole like the Erd tree thing. Does this person look anything like the chariot? Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, it doesn't exactly look like that, but the idea of like people who are characterized or like defined by an ancestor or a trait that involves having like an extremely thick forked beard. I can sort of see that working as like a mythical thing. So it seems like some characters or some interpretations are thick beards and some are thinner beards. Yeah. Do you think those people are fighting with each other? They're fighting over the beards. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just a bunch of guys who want to do like beard hair care, but they're worried it makes them look gay. <laughs> so they have to make it into like a war. <laughs> That's the headcanon, I'm sorry. Hi, Sophie here, with an actual comment rather than a weird distraction. I, I know, I'm sorry. Something that Sin and I keep bringing up in this discussion is that People say Elden Ring is very Norse-influenced, which it kind of is with the big tree and the ring and everything, but it looks also very, very Celtic-influenced if you look at, like, the designs on the robes and things like that. One of the big deal monsters in Celtic mythology is a three-eyed giant called Baelor. His third eye kills you, but in order to use it, he has to open it, and it's also his weak point, making him an ideal video game boss. The reason we're bringing this up is that the weird flame-spewing metal bearded head thing doesn't seem to have three eyes, but it does have something in the middle of its forehead which might open up to reveal a third eye, or just be an effigy of someone who keeps their third eye covered. Regardless of what happens, I'm just gonna say... Arrows. Back to the podcast. Yesterday you and I were talking when we watched this trailer. I can't remember why, but we decided that RuPaul is going to be the last boss. So we were talking about like Miyazaki having other collaborators, and I, I suggested Hot Wheels. <laughs> that really like ominous like a new world created by Hidetaka Miyazaki and Hot Wheels registered trademark. <laughs> That's because Autumn wants to make a game called Castles. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, um, and then it inevitably came back to RuPaul because it always does. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you suggested RuPaul, but then the second face is uh, RuPaul's dark side, Rude Paul. Aww. <laughs> yeah. 
Sophie, but now I'm going to suggest three phases. So the first phase is RuPaul. Right. The second phase is RuPaul when she's just super glamorous and amazing with a beautiful wig and a beautiful gown. Right. And then the secret boss, if you eat all the third chords, <laughs> you get Rude Paul, yeah. who descends from the moon. <laughs> this has only been going for um, 72 minutes and it feels like days. <laughs> But before we go on to the detailed analysis, there's one more thing we have to discuss. The pots! The pots. The pots. Sophie, talk to me about the pots. So, um, early on in the Elden Ring trailer, when they're trying to establish the tone, that it's like a, a dark fantasy world in the aftermath of a, of a war between the gods themselves, um, one of the things they decide to show you uh, what appear to be enemies from a Mario Brothers game. Um, they're like little pots with arms sticking out the side, and I feel like I see them and I just have this instinct to like jump on them and get a coin. Hi, Sin here. In his interviews, Miyazaki mentioned that Dark Souls 3 bosses will have a very dignified feel to them. This specific screenshot featuring the cute pots on Verger remind me of the area where you find the cursed, rotted Greatwood. A very dignified boss you damage by repeatedly punching in the testicles. Back to the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to part one of the Elden Ring discussion. We now begin part two, in which Sophie and Finn discuss how the areas and characters in the trailer may be connected by looking at a bunch of stills in a GIMP file. We all hope you enjoy it. This is the part where we're going to start going through, like, kind of the imagery in the trailer and, like, kind of showing how all these different areas are kind of connected, which we sort of touched on before, but going to go a lot deeper into now. Mm-hmm. So Sophie, can you explain the beautiful collage I'm looking at right now? I made this uh, quite hastily by looking at screenshots and using the rectangle select tool <laughs> to um, select them. Amazing. Yeah. So these are all stills from the various trailers and some concept art, so we'll start going through them. Mm-hmm. So I want to start with the giant things, which we're going to call giant things. They're not actually that giant. There's something we saw in the leaked trailer, the two, what we're going to call giants that were pulling that cart thing around. Mm-hmm. I think like the size of them was actually a perspective trick mm-hmm. because we see the tarnished one <laughs> fighting what looks to be one in the trailer. Um, right. This one here. And they're pretty big, but they're smaller than, like, a church giant from Bloodborne. They're just, like, sort of a big dude. Sophie, may I ask you a question? 
certainly. Is that a giant beast patient? <laughs> I was getting to that, I was getting to that. The thing I wondered when I saw them is like, were they specially made like corpse golem things that are designed to pull the thing around? But it looks like they just seem to exist in the world as like a like a species. It seems to also look like they're um they might be slaves. Giants being used as slaves is like a big thing in Dark Souls 3 that never gets developed. So I'm wondering if like that's what's happened, like the, these are just things that they have found and sort of enslaved to pull their pull their cart thing around. And then you did mention a giant beast patient and so, like, I've put this with the giants. I don't know if it's the same creature because it looks much skinnier. Yeah. But at the same time, it does look very similar, like, in terms of, like, its overall, like, body size and shape and everything. It may actually be, like, a female one. So it's, mm. like, a little more slim than the... has, like, a little less bulk around it. Or maybe it's just one that doesn't work out regularly. Yeah. I was going to say, because it's, it's wearing, like, a shawl over its face. I don't know if that is supposed to be clothing that it's wearing, or it's like that's been put on it by someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. This is something we talked about before, which was the possibility that this eye thing... Mm-hmm. Um, it may not be a cyclops, it may actually be this, because it seems like there's an indentation for a third eye at the top of this mask, so... Um, we can actually kind of try bring out the detail on this part here if we want uh, by using the um, color levels. So this will sort of even it out a bit. How fancy! I feel like we're doing CSI. <laughs> so yeah, it's um, it's possible that like fits there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. It's interesting that you also mentioned this could be in somebody's mouth. Yeah. And if you scroll down on your collage, Prince Lothric, yeah. the skin that he has over his head, there's like oh, right, a right. thing, yeah. like a jam yeah. or something where the mouth should be. That's also what I was thinking because that beard there, that could also be like cloth. It could be like loose something loose and hanging rather than beard hair. Mm-hmm. Because you can see, like, the beard seems to be underneath that. Yeah. Like, there's the... Yeah, and then... Yeah, so... Put up here. And then let's put this up here. So we have these very... Along with our, like, weird... Weird, um... Although those don't have third eyes. So maybe... Hmm. Yeah, that sort of imagery of, like, the big, the big bushy beard is, like, a thing going on. In the Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. You remember the guy who's like, it's basically Executioner Smo with a bell on his head that explodes? It's not a bell, Sophie. Have you heard of those electric soup bowls? Oh, I see. It's one of those. Yeah. Yeah, my mistake. I'm sorry. It may be having a slight malfunction. Yeah. Is it supposed to do this? <laughs> oh my god, Sophie! Uh-huh. This looks like Smo, right? Yeah. Didn't Smo used to eat people? 
That's true. That's true. So maybe this is Smo and he eats people, but he implemented this electric soup bowl onto his head so he can eat people more efficiently by making them into soup. Oh. And it's like right there. It's it's like those hats with like the, the bottles on them that you can drink out of. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the reason I wanted to bring this up is that the chandelier that is next to them. Looks like a bell. Is it a chandelier? Yeah, it's hanging from the ceiling. It's got candles on it. If I hang from a ceiling with candles, am I going to be a chandelier? Maybe in like some weird like human centipede scenario. <laughs> or like Beauty and the Beast and you're cursed to be a chandelier. <laughs> okay, good point. Thank you, Sophie. So like that um, chandelier thing seems to be the same one that was in the leaked trailer. Mm-hmm. Where you see the guy cast the... Um, magic sword spell on Armboy. <laughs> okay. So they might be in the same area. Mm-hmm. And it also kind of lines up because the same chandelier is also in the room that has all the arms hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> the arm room. <laughs> Which, well, the thing is, like, if I didn't know any better, uh-huh. and I saw the arm room, I'd be like, oh, okay, it's the guy from the trailer, but... It seems like collecting arms is just like a thing people do in Elden Ring. Like everyone's got a bunch of arms stuck to them. So <laughs> this could really be anyone. Unironically, though, I love the arm room. Because you know I love the scary, dark, whatever stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Sophie had a vision. So this is like a normal, regular castle with like sane people living there. It's quite a leap. <laughs> what normal sane people own a castle to fucking begin with? <laughs> so the owner of the castle calls an interior decor company, right? Right. And they're like, I would like to have an art room in my castle. But because there's oh. connection issues <laughs> on the end, they're like, oh, you want to have an arm room? We got you covered. (laughs) No, no, they were saying, like, we got this castle, we need something for the armory. (laughs) Well, you know how they have those shows where it's like random people redecorate each other's houses? Yeah. So it's like, your room was a little bland. (laughs) So I added some arms. (laughs) (laughs) This is like house swap, but it's like... Like a a British aristocrat in the family from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Just great. So those all seem to be connected. Mm -hmm. So the snow didn't get much attention. Mm -hmm. There's one shot of the snow and it's where you see the, the giant hand that has, I think, seven fingers on it that I can see. Maybe more. Mm-hmm. That is in the snow, and you can see it's like it looks like it's snowing because it's really high up, basically, which makes sense. Yeah, you can see it's really high up because the top of the Erd tree is like basically level with where you are. That makes sense. It's like the snow areas, just like you go up high. It's not like Irithyll where you're just somewhere or Kanehurst where it's like there's just a snow area in the game, which I think is like yeah, they they thought about it. Yeah, that's cool. I also, I don't know if this is just artifacting, but like, this really looks like a skull to me. 
this like face here. Oh, I see. Oh my god, I did yeah. not notice this before, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. But it looks like bodies are turning to stone and like fracturing and, and breaking. I wonder if that actually is a skull. And I'm now wondering if like, is that the hand of the person whose skull that was? Oh. Like has their body turned to stone, but the hand is still crawling around? It could be two hands together. It could be, yeah. yeah. Um, the best part about this is, like, do you know Otstava? What's that? Otstava's a, like, Dark Souls 2 streamer who, like, constantly makes fun of everything. And one of the things he did about Dark Souls 3 is, like, Miyazaki has a hand fetish. Because <laughs> he's like, everyone says it's feet, but look at Dark Souls 3. It's got giant hands, hand monsters, soul of a hand. <laughs> and, um, I think he's on the money. <laughs> true so that's the snowy area you can see what i think that area is from a distance i'll just zoom in on it because in the leaked trailer there's this very distinct it sort of looks like a bowl with a, a bridge leading to it where the snowy area is mm -hmm. and then if you look up near the earth tree you can see the same bowl and there's like a little like cliff next to it and that about matches like the height of the Erd tree relative to where the hand is. Is that bowl a Lord Vassal equivalent? It might very well be. Hmm. So I'd say like where the hand is now is like that little cliff there on the basis of this. And like where the, the trailer like that, like where it said franchise and people started to freak out, that would be like <laughs> kind of down like a little bit further along that mountain range so i guess you'd or you'd go up there and mm -hmm. maybe the hand is what's stopping you getting to that bowl who can say oh hmm. neat something else i noticed is i think that um this area here with like the shattered wooden floor that you saw in the leaked trailer it might be the um not literally the same area but like part of that that you can see the character walk down in the official one um just because it has that like crisscross wood pattern on it with like a space underneath right and if you look at the centipede from like a different angle um they're in like an underground cave so it's not all like a man-made structure Mm -hmm. It's not all like a castle or a dungeon. There's actually just like a cave. And um, you can't really see it because of the artifacting, but I've seen like a high-res version. And there's just a pile of bodies in the corner that are trying to get out. Okay. So, yeah, it's like this This area, I think, is is like whole, like underground. Like this might be like one of the dungeons rather than one of the castles we see. Or if it is one of the castles, like you're going underneath the castle. Because like it's like a flooded cave. It looks kind of like um underneath uh, Ashina in Sekiro. Okay. Where uh, Shichimen Warrior is, yeah. Okay, so now we're getting into like this is neat. This is this looks like there is a, a furry kingdom essentially. <laughs> and I really like the shattered world thing because it reminds me of the void from Dishonored. Yeah. And remember how in Demon Souls there's a whole archstone that was all about beasts? Yeah, that is 
what immediately struck me because the um there's firstly there's the werewolf knight and they are not in the room that the like other beast knight is but like i am just assuming they're all from the same kingdom this is like a like a wolf kingdom is it a wolf lawyer kingdom Hi, Sophie here. Did you know that the broken archstone in Demon Souls used to lead to its own level? It was partially completed before being cut from the game, in what I can only assume is a deliberate move from the master Miyazaki, because everything in these games is exactly as planned from the beginning, and if you ever 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 suggest that maybe some of the things in the game might be a little confused or unfinished because they ran out of time or money or something went wrong, then you just Sorry. Anyway, it was a it was a beast kingdom full of beast people. There were hyenas, bears, and owls. Could this hypothetical beast kingdom in Elden Ring be the master Miyazaki returning to this theme after deliberately not including it the first time just to troll us? The games aren't supposed to make sense, so who can say? If so, the kingdom may have its own Werewolf lawyers, like the one Sid and I discussed in a podcast around about the time we realized that we could go completely off topic for hours and no one really cared. If you're curious, there will be links below to both the genesis of the concept of werewolf lawyer and the follow-up episode in which I completely destroyed my Amazon customer profile by downloading a whole lot of self-published werewolf erotica. Back to the podcast. It's like some character surrounded by wolves. I'm assuming like, oh, okay, that's like, this is like a wolf kingdom. That's what this is. And you can also see very interestingly, if you look in the sky where it's all shattered, there are dragons. I saw that and it reminded me of Dark Souls 2. Dragonary, yeah. I haven't gotten there in game yet. We'll get there together. It's fine. Oh, I got myself to your soul memory range. Did you also do a Mary Kondo run? Hi, Sophie here. You've heard of the No Death Run. You've heard of the Base Soul Level Run. You've heard of the Bare Handed Run. You've heard of the No Damage Run. But have you heard of the Mari Kondo Run? The Mari Kondo run is an invention of sins, and involves despawning every single enemy in Dark Souls 2 so that the areas are cleaner. This resulted in Sin having a soul memory of over 300,000 by the time she reached No Man's Wharf, making co-op essentially impossible. However, by starting a new character and, this is key, beating the bosses. I have managed to achieve a soul memory in the same range as her, and we will commence co-oping the Mari Kondo run soon. Will it spark joy? Tune in to find out. Back to the podcast. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> there does seem to be like a beast kingdom, and like you see that one outside, like the, the howling who just straight up looks like the, the berserker armor from Berserk. I'm guessing like that is the outskirts of of the kingdom that this like ruined ruined 
um, castle thing is in. And, like, it's interesting what you said, that, like, like it's sort of, like, the bits of broken, um, like, stone and everything, are, are they're, like, sort of, they're held in midair. <laughs> this is not, like, an in-progress shot of it being, like, blowing up or something. <laughs> this is, like, there's something, and you can see, like, those dragons um, seem to be around the Erd tree. So it seems like there's something about, like, like the shattering of everything around the Erd tree is making this thing disintegrate very slowly. Right. We also have, this is a Xenolalia thing she sent me. Mm-hmm. The portrait of the king, we assume it's a king and they've got a crown on. The portrait of them in there's like this thing where you basically see it's like the Frida and Wilhelm or um, Astraea and Gaal thing where it's like there's like the holy woman and the protector. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're back we're back in that place again. Um, there's like this statue of a king behind them. Mm-hmm. And Xenolalia said that king looks an awful lot like the, the snake, snake guy. guy. Yeah, to the point where it almost looks like it's the same reference image. <laughs> They just stuck it on a snake. That's, again, it goes back to this thing we're bringing up that, like, it does mostly seem to be arms, but people just seem to be sticking, like, anything they can, like, on their bodies at this point. Because, like, we have, like, mostly the arms, but then there's, like, a guy with a dragon for a hand. (laughs) And a guy with a scorpion tail. And there's a guy whose head is in a snake. Yeah. Like in Soul Reaver, where like all the the sons of Cain start out as like normal looking people, and then mm-hmm. over time they sort of mutate into these these monsters. It almost seems like that. They're not monsters; they're vampires. A vampire is a kind of monster. <laughs> but I think you're thinking of what they mutated into, like hundreds or whatever years after Raziel's death. Yeah, that's what I mean. But, like, I, it, it makes me wonder about the exact timeline, because, like I was saying, the um, Bionic Valkyrie lady, she seems to be basically as we left her from that FMV sequence. But then, like, you have what seems to be someone who went from being, like, a normal-looking person to being a hideous snake hybrid thing. Well, he's not hideous. I actually quite like his clothes. The color combination is very cheerful. That was a consideration when they were designing him. <laughs> so, like, that sort of interests me. Like, is is that FMV sequence, is that, like, ancient history? And just she hasn't changed much? Or, uh, but I also, like, you see the sky in the old... You see the sky burning and everything in that. That seems like it was actually quite recent. So this implies, like, there's quite a lot of history in it that, like, we're going to learn about as opposed to... We're just working on the assumption that, like, that, um, that FMV scene is the intro. Yeah. Um, cause, cause, cause all the games work like that, basically. <laughs> so yeah, I am wondering if, like, that, um, cause they tend not to have, like, pre-rendered cutscenes during them. Unless this is the first time they do do it. Well, they might. But, like, it does imply that, like, wow, a lot of shit seems to have happened, like, before that. I guess maybe this is, like, the lead-up to this, like, shattering war. And then we have... Yeah, so... Sometimes a man is a snake. (laughs) 
this here is just something I noticed. Like, you see this building and this, like, there's a sort of, like, line where it's like that building kind of looks like the Duke's archives. And then there's, like, a ravine behind it. On the other side of the ravine is a tree. And then what looks like a sort of wrecked, um, another building that looks like it's in a state of disrepair. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, a misty forest below. And you see that from a bunch of different, like, vantage points in the trailer. And I wonder also if that misty forest is where um, the the wolf knight is, because it does look quite similar. I mean, there's obviously there's probably going to be more than one forest in this open world game, but I'm wondering if like is this connected to that beast kingdom that we keep seeing bits and pieces of? From what I noticed, it's basically two different um, kingdoms I saw a lot of. We haven't got to the second one yet. There was like the Beast Kingdom, and then there's what I'm just gonna call like the Lion Kingdom because I can't come up with a better name for it. So, like when the leaked stuff was being discussed, one of the things they talked about was a volcano. No one had seen it, but there were references to like there's a map, and on the map is a volcano. It says like volcano. It's like labeled. And um, I think this sort of, like, smoking crater thing is probably the volcano. Because, oh. I mean, like, we're used to thinking of a volcano as, like, a very tall mountain with lava at the top. But, like, this could this is, like, a caldera or something. And then we also have um, the this dragon that appears to be being fought inside that area. Mm-hmm. This is what I mean about banners being a thing. Because that tree motif is the motif used by another kingdom in the game. So that's one of their banners, but it's not in their kingdom from what I can tell. They've actually planted it there. So it's almost like they are advancing on this other place. And the uh, the tree is also here. You can just make it out. You can see like it's the same like tree design. Mm-hmm. I can understand a lot of places using tree motifs if trees are so important as a tree and everything, but like, like the banner is a tree, there's a tree there, and then up here where the very buff Lothric is, there is also a tree. <laughs> so it almost seems, unless that is used by everyone, it might actually be the symbol of like this specific kingdom. Right. One thing that like, you can't, again, can't see because of the artifacting in this clip, but like, the characters shown in this portrait here, basically, like, this is a very, very buff man. Um, there's his arm. And, like, there's his other arm, and, like, there's his body, and his legs are, like, here. Um, and he's got this, like, big cloak, like that. You could just, what I'm getting at is, like, I know that because there's a piece of concept art that was, um, floating around. People said it was Elden Ring. And it, no one was sure for a while, and it's literally this picture. So that that concept art that we've seen, like it was real because it's literally in the game. The actual, like kind of like um, like they did with Anna Londo in Dark Souls One, where like there's just the paintings up are just the concept art because may as well use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So now we come to like what I think is the. The most significant of the kingdoms, which is this place that we saw in the leaked trailer. And it's the place where the, the scorpion-tailed man attacks you, and he sort of jumps down. Um, 
it's also like it's notable that the scorpion tailed guy he almost looks like he has a sort of beast like um physique like he's got very sort of long feet and like a lot of hair on him so basically he jumps down you can tell because it has these very distinct towers like this very distinct design for the towers once you sort of start looking for that design it's kind of like most of the trailer actually seems to be there like it's this place at the very start and then it's where the the scorpion person seems to be guarding it like they jump down outside and then like you can also see it um here like you actually get this nice sort of unbroken vista of it going from like the Erd tree to the right along that bridge actually leads you right there and you can again tell it's the same place because it has that very distinct looking like those two towers there i guess like the entryway right so like that that um and like that they're all as far as i can tell the same place um they also seem to use a lion symbol because their banners have this lion on them and then the um the very buff lothric (laughs) when they hammer their hammer into the ground it has the same lion on it like it's the same the same design okay I always assumed that these were the same person, but I actually think it's two very buff Lothrans. (laughs) Like, the first one, they have a hammer in their hand that they slam down into the ground. This guy has the dragon for a hand. So, like, unless he's holding the hammer with the dragon, it looks like these actually might be like two different people, possibly two different, like like a king and a prince or something, because the dragon hand one looks a little younger. Could it be the same person, but in different times that you meet them? Um, yeah, but I don't know if it has time skips. In it. Mm-hmm. it may even be like the arm stuff is actually all localized in one kingdom. And for all we know, that is actually a third one. So there's possibly three different, like, I made myself into an arm golem people in the one kingdom. Maybe that's what everybody looks like in that kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, there's other stuff I just couldn't place. Like, the the Irithyll-looking city, I it looks so little like anything else that I don't know where, where it could be from what we've seen. Mm-hmm. There's a place with spires. See, now I'm actually, I am now thinking, having just said that, it's possible like that is, um, you see this like watery place with similar looking spires. And I don't want to like say, oh, spires, ergo this, because like spires are just an architectural thing. They're not like, you don't got a monopoly on spires. But, um, I don't know if they're the same or not, but like, it sort of looks like that. I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, so do you think like, is this actually the time of day or is there just like an aura around this place that makes it this way? I don't know. Because also like gold is like the color of the gods. We keep being shown like gold, gold, gold. This is, um, this is blue, which is like kind of the opposite of gold. So I'm wondering, is this like anti-god energy or something? 
I love gold. <laughs> Swore I wouldn't say it. I'm so sorry. So I think like the takeaway from this is like the game seems to be huge, but most of what we've seen seems to actually be like kind of closely connected in a sense. Hmm. This beast kingdom that seems to be connected to the forest, which is like visible from a bunch of other places. And there's a tower in that forest that kind of looks like the Duke's archives. And then, like about literally like half the trailer seems to be in this kingdom of like what if Prince Lothric was extremely buff and made of arms seems to be like a big part of that and then the small exploding headman <laughs> seems to be connected to the um the arm offering guy from the E3 trailer so there's stuff in that internal trailer that we do not see in this at all mm-hmm. Um, like the the sort of strange water wheel contraption or whatever that is like a big dial that's not in there <laughs> some of it was like the rafter walk I think is in there arm boys in there scorpion guys in there but like the other thing that's obviously missing is the um the onmyoji the guy who makes the moon appear mm-hmm. yeah like they're just straight straight up not in this mm-hmm. and again i'm wondering like let's go back to like repeating things um there's like are these connected because it's like the same sort of like blue coloring like water um the spires might be the spires from the watery place here so like you can sort of start to knit together like like, is this there? Because that's also kind of bluish, but then that might be time of day. Mm-hmm. Welcome to part three. There wasn't supposed to be a part three, but they forgot to bring up a number of things in part one. And this trailer has a lot of information. There are a lot of moments that seem to reference previous Souls games. Entire panels from Berserk. <laughs> so I don't think we can go through like every single little thing. Yeah. But there's a couple more things we can talk about. One of the things we saw in the trailer was a giant three-fingered hand picking up the character. And the character has no clothes on. Yeah, so that made me think, like, that perhaps this is something toward the beginning where the hand is, like, breaking us out of prison, asylum, whatever. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm fairly sure, like, it looks like we probably do die and then um, the lady in the cloak resurrects us with the ring. Mm-hmm. And of course, that whole thing is very reminiscent of Amygdala picking you up and transporting you somewhere else. Man is picking you up and transporting you somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Another thing is there's a very short like sequence of the player character kneeling in front of someone who has a mask on. And I wonder if they're kneeling to level up, if they're joining a covenant, or if they're like, this is Patches and he gave you some poisoned pie and you ate it and now you're like, oh no. 
You brought up an interesting point about leveling up, actually. Because, um, do you think Elden Ring's gonna have fast travel? I don't know, because on the one hand, it probably should, but on the other, you have a horse that literally flies above mountains. That's what I mean. The fact that it's open world and you have a horse that can fucking jump up a mountain. <laughs> yeah. It may be like you can fast travel after you've like completed a kingdom, like you get a warp point or something. Mm -hmm. But the reason I'm bringing that up is like, if that's true, then I'm assuming the leveling up would have to happen at checkpoints because you couldn't keep going back to the like hub every... Is there even going to be a hub? If you had to go all the way back to see an NPC to level up every single time you wanted to level up, that would be, like, really fucking annoying. Mm -hmm. Do you think leveling up is going to be at the checkpoints, like Dark Souls 1? I don't know. Maybe leveling up is going to be, like, on screen, like in some games where it's just in the menu. Yeah? I don't know. Maybe. At some point, it looks like... Someone is caressing a dragon or a tree. Oh, that's um, that's before like the guy with the the dragon arm shows up. Is that his dragon arm? No, no, it's the other side of him. It may even be like that's the dragon he killed to get the dragon arm. Okay. Also, at some point in the trailer, we see an enemy that's surrounded by this red aura. Well, they look like they have roots growing all over them. Hi, Sophie here. Sin and I went a little off track, I know, it does happen, and she forgot to mention that she thinks the guy covered in a red aura could be an invader because the Dark Souls games have tended to use red to denote someone invading you. She also wonders if he could be from the Elden Ring Ludwig Kingdom, because Elden Ring Ludwig throws red stuff at you. If you found any of our commentary inane and pointless, I'd just like to remind you that when we were watching the live reactions, people were actually yelling, Oh my god, phantoms confirmed, as if there weren't going to be phantoms in what is clearly Dark Souls 4. Back to the podcast. When we talked about this trailer earlier, earlier meaning before we started recording, we both thought one thing was particularly interesting. The giant bell turtle. Oh, the bell turtle, yeah. That's a cutie. <laughs> yeah, what is that? <laughs> it's this thing that, like, Elden Ring seems to be doing where there's just, like, things on the map. Like, the cart pulled by giants seems to be one of them, and the bell turtle seems to be another that are just, like, like a roaming sort of thing that I guess you can avoid if you want to, but you'd have to engage with. Like, it had things, it had, like, a, a building on top of it. So I'm wondering if, like, maybe you hit the bell and it stops moving, and then you can get on the bell, on the top, and, I don't know, Yoshka's there. <laughs> There's also another important thing we haven't talked about yet. Uh-huh. The knight reading the book. <laughs> I know he's supposed to be reading a book, but to me he looks like there's like a bug on the table he's looking for. 
Because his head is just flying back. He's like, where is it? 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 When I first saw this, do you know what it reminded me of? Remember that movie about the robot? <laughs> and the robot looks like Wally, and at some point he reads a book really fast? Short Circuit. Short Circuit. Sophie, do the outro. That was the Snack Covenant episode 251, the big quarter thousand. <laughs> Our analysis of the Elden Ring trailer. If you want more great Elden Ring content, hit that subscribe button and ring that bell. Oh my god, Sophie! What if the giant turtle with a bell? Oh, it's the it's the notification. <laughs> Thank you, Sophie. Thank you, Sim. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and see y'all next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for watching and listening to our Elden Ring trailer analysis. We're sure there's a lot more to say, but we're very, very tired, and Sophie and Finn need to record something about the Firekeepers from Dark Souls 2. For more eventual in-depth discussions of Elden Ring, remember to hit the subscribe button and ring that turtle. The Tarnished will soon return! Guided by Grace once lost. The Golden Order is broken to its core. the champion or lord to be born.
brandish the Elden Ring.